All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Dive Podcast. My name is Darsh. I am one of the co-hosts, and I'm joined by my awesome, my fantastic, my really, really cool co-host, Jacqueline Dallas from NBT. Jacqueline, what's going on, Jacqueline? Thanks, Darsh. <laughs> you just hyped me up beyond. Yeah, welcome back to another episode. It is Thursday when we're recording this, so you'll be hearing this on Monday, so have an awesome start to your week. Yes, exactly. Darsh, how's your week been going so far? It's been like four days into the work week. I feel like I have these, like I have on weeks and I have off weeks. So I have on weeks where I'm like grinding every single day until like eight, nine o'clock at night, waking up at nine, eight, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. in the morning. And I'm just grinding all day. And then I have weeks of this burnout and I'm like, okay, I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'll just like sleep in till noon and I'll have lunch at like four. Like literally right now, this is, we're recording this at 4.30. I just had lunch. No way. That was your, oh my God. That was my first meal of the day, actually. Like it wasn't even like a lunch. It was more like a brunch. Like I, I made scrambled eggs and avocado toast. Like I'm okay. not even like, I'm not even going to front, but that was like, it's like brunch. Guy that can cook. <laughs> <laughs> It's that's literally it. Yeah, that's awesome. So t- this week has been an off week for you, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's been like an off week, but I, I don't know. I'm excited for the week to come. The week to come is going to be a nice break from school, and I have a video or two videos actually right now currently being edited. So should be an interesting week to come. What about you though? How you been? How what's been new? It's been a busy week for MBT stuff, but at the same time, I kind of feel you. It's been like somewhat unproductive. Oh, wait, I got to interrupt myself here. Josh, what are you drinking right now? You guys can't see it, but I'll explain it for you. It's in like a white mason jar. <laughs> so actually, right now, it's a David's Tea mason jar mug type concoction. I got it for like Christmas, I think two years ago in like a secret Santa exchange. But in there currently at the moment is just a giant pot of Americano. Wow. Well, at the break, guys, Darsh is going to give some coffee wrecks because someone literally asked us specifically for Darsh to do that. So he's going to pull through. Sorry, I interrupted myself. No worries. Uh, this week, I've been, <laughs> uh, I've been editing. Luke actually is doing three epic animations for the next video. By the time you guys hear this episode, the video will be out. So I'll put in the show notes, but Luke is doing like three different animations for the AirPods Max review. So we've kind of been working on that. And then I've been editing the general video and it's taking so much time, but I really, I think it's coming out well. So that's been my week. I want to hop into the topics, but one last question for you, Darsh, before we hop into the app store and alternative app stores on iPhone. I saw a tweet from Colin and Samir about editing and they were like, editing is the coding of our industry of like, it's an integral part and it's like mm-hmm. not a skill that a lot of people have. Yeah. Do you enjoy editing? Yes or no? You have two videos you have to edit. Do you like it? Yes. Okay, interesting. I much prefer the editing and the scripting to the actual filming, which sounds weird because I used to prefer the filming. Interesting. Now I prefer the edit and the scripting, mostly because of this. I'm still not like a huge creator. So my the amount of gear I have is very, very limited. Whenever I'm thinking of like what I'm creating, I'm very limited by the gear that I have access to at this moment. So with the cool shots I want to get or the cool setups I want to do, I can't do yet. And I have to find creative ways that I can to make alternative shots that are going to look something similar, something more of what I was kind of envisioning, which is why like I don't necessarily love shooting anymore as much as I like editing. Yeah, because you like you're kind of not working with like a huge set of lenses or focal lengths or things like that exactly yeah for me i actually i love editing too it's interesting because i've always preferred editing to filming but i kind of need to do every part of it but like if i was going to hire someone my first like actual hire would either be like an animation which i'm already like working with luke for or like an in-person hire would be someone that can help with the filming stuff because i i enjoy doing some of it but only a certain extent i can sit down and edit for 10 hours and i still love it but at the end of 10 hours of filming like i'm kind of really hoping that someone would have been there to help so i thought that was interesting no that's, I, I saw that too actually i thought it was really interesting as well because if you think about it right the coders are 
are the people who are making the application, the software, whatever it is. Yeah. And so editors are making that content and they're like, they're editing and putting it together. And it's like a less glamorous job. Ali Abdallah says, your passion in life should be something that looks like work to others, but is fun for you. Oh, 100%. That's kind of like editing for me. Also, Marquez just posted like a whole thread about how to grow a YouTube audience or grow a YouTube team and kind of like figure out like what jobs you should give away. And he also said that editing is one of those jobs that he like never wants to give away. And that's so fair. I feel like if you are a creator, you should be sitting down and I feel like you enjoy more of bring your vision to life than bring someone else's vision to life. That's the one thing I don't like about client work. I don't like client work for the purpose of, I like having full creative control. I'll do client work, but at the same time, like I love producing and creating for myself versus anyone else. Yeah, I feel like if you're working with a client, like the best is like if you become like part of the team and then it's like your vision. Exactly. As a team rather than like one-offs and things like that. And here's the thing about being coders of our industry. Like we are coders of the YouTube industry, but the coders of the actual developing industry, the people who are making those apps and putting them on the app stores, there is a lot of discussion right now about how they're kind of just being shafted. That, that's one of the things we want to talk about this episode, guys. It was the idea of an alternative app store on I, iOS or Android. You guys know about the Fortnite issue. We talk, I think we talked about this like weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Exactly. So the entire purpose and issue behind that is that developers are being told that they can't produce or create these apps and put it on their app store without following and abiding by every single one of the restrictions that Apple holds. And it's become an issue because now Apple has a monopoly and so does Google on the app store and the marketplaces that they're offering their developers. And it's just unfair to the developers as a whole. So funny enough, North Dakota, the state itself is introducing a new bill that would effectively just ask or create it so that the iOS platform cannot have the app store as the sole and only marketplace available for applications. This would apply also to Google as well, I'd imagine. But that's just like so interesting. Yeah, Google already has like some on some devices, like on the Samsung phones, like you have like the Samsung like theme store and things like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. I am not a fan of this at all. Maybe it will help like the small business app developer and maybe they're getting kind of screwed over by Apple a little bit. But I'm honestly not that aligned with that argument because Apple is providing the platform the same way I am not mad that YouTube takes like 40% of AdSense. They're providing the platform and the views, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not mad that Apple is taking a percentage of people's income in the app, like in, in app purchases. And I think, and again, I don't know the legality of any of this, just like a personal consumer perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the main selling points of iPhone is the app store and the fact that it's like super regulated by Apple. I think if you introduce a third party app store on iPhone, it degrades Apple's hard work and value and it also makes it a less safe phone because it's harder to regulate like viruses and malware etc oh 100 i think that's one of the concerns that i have the biggest one it would just be the fact that you open yourself up for malware on so many different levels but i feel like what the actual like what the the issue that they're trying to solve like apple has a monopoly on the marketplace if you think about it, the app store in itself has become more than just an app store it's an app economy if you think about it there's apps that provide services that there's apps that are paid there are apps that are free there are apps that have in-app purchase there are all these different ways you can, I guess, use an app. I wouldn't just say this app store anymore is sitting at as just an application that you can get other applications from. I feel like it's so much more than that. And I feel like a lot of what the Apple fees are are what's making it very interesting because with the Fortnite issue that came up was that Fortnite was saying, hey, if you guys want to buy the Fortnite Battle Pass, go to the Fortnite website and just buy it there, the Epic Games website and buy it there because it's going to be cheaper than buying it in the app because if you buy in the app, we have to give Apple 30% of our income or 30% of whatever it is, the fee. And so we have to add that 30% on top of whatever our actual fee is, like our actual pay is, which I feel like is a little iffy because because they did that, that's why they got kicked out the app store as a whole. We, we actually talked about this same thing, Darsh, like 
last episode with Spotify and Apple. Spotify basically said that Apple, like they ran this whole ad campaign that Apple was like screwing over the consumer and screwing over Spotify's customers and quote unquote fans because Apple announced Apple Music and was able to price it lower because they didn't have to pay the same in-app purchase fee to Apple because they're Apple that Spotify had to to Apple. So then Spotify started offering the ability to buy a Spotify music subscription outside of the app. Mm-hmm. And that was actually legal because now there's no direct way to get in contact with Spotify like through the app store. It's a very separate purchase, but obviously like makes it more annoying to manage your account, et cetera, on Spotify, on iPhone, because now you have to go to the website. Exactly. That's So that's why it's like, it's a little, it's a little suspect, I guess, because Apple does hold the monopoly on it. They're running the economy. They're setting all the regulations, all the rules in place, and no one can necessarily tell them to do otherwise because it's their platform that they're offering the public. It's a little interesting, but it's interesting to see that North Dakota was the first state to actually put this into effect because I thought after the Fortnite debacle, I thought this was going to be something that was going to be so widespread so quick. Yeah, you know what? I honestly like Fortnite was kind of in the wrong, in my opinion, and I, I think I'll get some heat for that. But they signed this contract, then they broke the contract. So it makes sense that Apple banned them. And they're, of course, we can like look at the fact that Fortnite is saying it's because they can afford it as a big business, but Apple's screwing over smaller businesses. But at the end of the day, like I'm kind of on the side of, yeah, in a way it sucks, but also Apple's providing the platform. And if you don't like their terms and just don't put your app on iPhone. That's so fair. Like that, that, it makes sense. Like there's two very well-founded sides to this argument. Yeah. What's the opposing side, Darsh? What are people saying in favor of Fortnite doing this? Okay. So there are two different platforms that run our mobile devices. It's iPhone and iOS and Android. If you go to Android, anything's kind of possible. It's very, very malleable and like you can really do whatever you want on the platform. It's pretty open source and they give you access to those things. But iOS is so close ended and Apple has a very large share of the market. So it's very much like if you're an app developer and you don't put your app on iOS, you're either not going to gain traction or you're going to lose an audience because they're not going to want to follow you if you're not available on iOS. So I used to work at a day camp for a couple of years and a lot of the kids that I worked with were playing Fortnite on their iPods or their parents' old iPhones. And they were playing Fortnite on there because they they're too young to have a full-fledged console to play on or they weren't able to get one at that time, whatever it may be. And so playing Fortnite was something they could just do on their phone. The Fortnite issue is just kind of like if you wanted to buy anything in the app itself, you end up paying 30% more than you would if you just bought it online or bought it on any other platform, which is why people were getting pissed off about it and they were getting bugged over it because they were losing a lot more money just by being on iOS. And then there's the entire thing of, okay, you're signing a contract saying to Apple, you're going to pay them 30%. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, it's back and forth of saying, hey, like, I know I told you I was going to do the 30%, but I don't know if I think that's fair anymore. And it's bringing up this entire discord of Apple. If Apple was to create a player versus player game like Fortnite, they wouldn't have to put that fee in there yeah, because it wouldn't happen. And then they would have the monopoly on that type of game. Same way that they have Apple Music and a lot of people are going to Apple Music because they're finding it's cheaper because Apple has full autonomy over what the fees and charges are going to be. I think now Apple Music is the same price as Spotify actually because Spotify took it out of the, the payment out of the in-app purchase because of this. Mm-hmm. So now I actually think they're the same, but yeah, you're right that that was the issue and that's why Spotify created like that insane ad campaign against Apple. Mr. Who's a Boss actually made a full video, guys, if you want to check it out. We talked a lot about it in the last podcast episode. I don't know. I feel like Apple's providing the platform. Apple is regulating it. Apple's making sure that companies, making sure that everything doesn't have malware and other things. That takes work. You need an entire team to run an operation of that size. You need an entire App Store support team. I'm a fan of a lot of what Apple does, and I'm also not a fan of a lot of what they do. But This is one of those times where I just feel like it's kind of ridiculous to sign a contract where Apple's providing all these services to you in exchange for 30% and then have backlash against it and then want them to 
have the ability to have an alternative app store. It's a very interesting and just it's a very cool topic, I think, personally, because it's something that like hasn't been introduced or hasn't really been talked about until recently. And like the iOS platform has been around for so long. I'm surprised that it was like only now that it's this kind of conversation has come up. I think it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I'm kind of for it and against it. I'm for the alternative market, but I'm also against it. I think that it could it poses a lot more security issues than it does offer benefits for the consumer. But it's going to be very interesting to see how North Dakota does this, because if they do it and this bill gets passed, that means that Apple would have to make it available. If they do it for North Dakota, they're going to have to do it for everyone. And it's just going to become a widespread thing. So this could effectively change the way that iOS works moving forward. I feel like Apple's been in the news a lot. Like later on in the episode, we're talking about Apple versus Facebook and all the privacy issues. So that's coming soon. But it's kind of interesting that like, since they have like this brand image and this reputation of like securing every single part of iPhone, there are often issues that arise, whether it be the in-app purchases or the privacy issues that we're going to talk about with Facebook. It's definitely interesting. One of the main reasons why I use a Mac as my main device is because of the security, but also because Apple is just so good at making software. Final Cut Pro is an incredible software that I used to edit all my videos. And I just got a brand new 16 inch MacBook Pro in, which I've been like waiting for and I'm super amped about it. And it still has the Intel. It doesn't have the Apple Silicon yet. I literally needed the computer. My computer's like not working well, but I kind of thought it'd be super interesting to talk about now what our dream desk setup would look like and kind of how you could build it at maybe like a couple different price points. I like that. I like that. That was a good transition. I, I, I like it. I like it. Good job. Thank you. Learning from the best. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't call myself the best, but I think I think that was really, really good. I don't think I was really. <laughs> you realized like, what I said after and you were like, exactly. Oh, no. And I was like, wait, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to gas myself that much there. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So we want to talk about today, guys, what our dream desk setups would be or how to get started on kind of building out your desk setup. And this is a kind of a topic I, I thought would be really cool to talk about because since I moved into my apartment, I've been helping my roommates uh, like set up their desk setups and stuff like that. And it's just been really fun, like going online, trying to find these different pieces to like decorate each of our setups differently. So I thought this could be something really, really cool to talk about. But Jacqueline, so you just got your new laptop. You're sitting down with it, trying to build a home setup for yourself because let's be real, we're still in COVID. So we're all stuck at home. How are you trying to build out this setup for yourself for your workflow? And how do you think it's going to work best for you? To be honest, this is not going to be the most interesting answer in the world because the only thing I'm changing is the 16 inch, like the computer. So I still have the LG Ultrafine 5K monitor. Nice. I still have the G Drive 16 terabyte drive, which to be honest, is filling up so fast that I might need to buy another one. <laughs> and they're so expensive. Like the 72 terabyte one, which I was like, oh, I'll just buy this as like a long-term investment. It's like $4,000. Oh my goodness. What? Yeah. What? Oh my, oh my God. So probably not happening, but uh, so that drive, 16 inch laptop, 5k Ultrafine. I use a trackpad, which I mentioned in the last episode. I'm actually like mm -hmm. super fast with the trackpad and not a mouse. I use the Apple keyboard as well, chiclet style keys. And then I have a, like a webcam and that's pretty much it. That's actually pretty, it sounds like a pretty solid setup. Not even a lot of you. Like that sounds like a very efficient and like very clean, like minimal type setup. Yeah. You know, like I'm super grateful for it. I don't want to come off like not because I know it's super expensive, but I think that your setup, you've actually put a lot of work into like the aesthetics of it and like lighting and stuff. So walk me through that. A hundred percent. And it's definitely going to be a video that I'm going to bring out really, really soon to my channel. I'm just trying to come back full force, a new video coming next week. Fingers crossed. Well, actually this week will be coming out in a couple of days or it might even be coming out today. I haven't even decided yet. We'll find out. Just, just go stalk my page, guys. If you're listening, just go stalk my page. Yeah, so I set up my desk uh, in a way at school because my desk is a bit smaller. So one of the things I actually added that I didn't realize was so useful until recently was a uh, extended mouse pad. I'm using like a very slippery wood desk and having a mouse pad on it for my mouse is very important. But the way I have my desk set up is I have my laptop, my 13-inch MacBook Pro. I think it's like the, not it's not spec'd out whatsoever. It's like just a base, I think, model with a touch bar from 2018. I have it on a laptop riser 
So it's in line with my monitor. My monitor is sitting on the table itself. So there's no stand on it because I lost the stand. And I have those next to each other pretty much. So it's like a dual screen setup. Then I have a mechanical wireless keyboard from Keychron. I have the Logitech MX Master 3. I just upgraded both of these peripherals for the first time in like three years. I've actually upgraded my peripherals. Ooh. So it was, it was, it felt nice. It was, it was very expensive and uh, like uh, just wow. But <laughs> It was definitely a nice upgrade and it was really nice treating myself. So yeah, I have both of these as my peripherals. I have a four terabyte, I believe this is a Seagate drive. I have another four terabyte WD drive back at like my parents' place. So that's my archive drive with all my old files on it. And then this is a new one I just picked up this year because I ran out of storage. And then I have a set of stereo speakers. And then behind all of my desk stuff, I have a collection of Polaroids and event invites, like press event invites that I have hung up to remind me Ooh, of like that's sick. past experiences and stuff. Yeah, so it's just like a... A nice vibey setup. And I got a Philips Hue, I think it's called a play bar. Yeah. Philips Hue play bar, I think it's what it's called. Yeah. And it's on a stand vertically and it's just, it's shining light behind my monitor and my laptop Ooh. and everything across. It's like nice. You guys will see a cool video on it coming soon. Like that's my goal. <laughs> oh, no way. Are you going to make like a setup tour? Oh, 100%. Like this is probably one of my Sweet. favorite setups I've made so far. Yeah. And it's in like your new place, which also has like a vibe. Exactly. He has like a waterfall there. He has like three posters <laughs> behind him and <laughs> like vibey lights. It's sick. In terms of like what setups like people can get, like I think maybe like let's each give like two recommendations recommendations that aren't super expensive of like accessories. My first one is going to be the Logitech C920. This is like a webcam. It's not super expensive. There was a period of time in early March when everyone was buying webcams because we were working from home mm -hmm. where someone was like reselling it for $500. That's that's absurd. Right? People are the worst. But that would be my first recommendation. What about you, Darsh? I think my first recommendation would probably be a extended mouse pad or a desk mat. It offers such a nice contrast between what your desk color is, like whatever your desk, the finish is, and offers it a new kind of, I guess, more minimal look. So for me, I have like a black extended mouse pad or like desk mat. It's like pretty big, covers most of my desk, but there's still like visible parts of the, the actual desk underneath it. And I feel like the black mat with the light, I think it's almost like birch wood finish, like the contrast between the two look really great. And it could fit, you can literally get so many different colors. And I got two of my roommates uh, to pick up desk mats this past week or so while we were rejuvenating, reviving their setups. And it turned out so well. It like looks so nice in both the setups. So that's, I think, one of my recommendations that's pretty affordable. That's a really good one because it's like not even that expensive. My last one and guys let us know if you want us to like do this more often just like give setup recs but my last one is going to be the hutu dongle which i feel like is a pretty basic one yeah it's usb type c there's like four usb a ports sd card slot hdmi a lot of computers are moving towards just usb type c and i think that this is like my favorite usb type c dongle that's very very fair i love having a usb type c dongle at my desk it's one of the things that i pride myself in because it's if you anyone comes to my come to my desk setup and they have work to do and i don't need my desk then I can just unplug one plug off of my laptop or two if you unplug my speakers too. And you can literally just plug in someone's computer and just start pairing my keyboard and mouse to it and you just get started. And you have my full setup at your disposal. I would love to set it up though that the, there'd be like a unifying receiver in that individual in the USB hub so that I could just kind of like it'd be plug and play. But yes, anyway, love that. I love the dongle suggestion. That's a really good suggestion. My last suggestion was going to be a headphone hanger. I don't know if this is just me. But being at my desk is one of those things where like I like to have a pair of headphones around because if there are people around me that need to get work done or I'm just being too loud, I need to have a pair of headphones. I did this with my friend's roommate, my roommate and my friend, his setup. I did it with his, I got a headphone hanger and I put it on the wall next to his desk. 
so he could hang his headphones there when he wasn't using them. So he just takes clutter off the desk and it just makes it look nice. Adds like a little bit of like decor. That's my dream desk setup. Well, or suggestions for the dream desk setup. Jacqueline, do you have anything to add for the desk setup side of things? I think you covered it. This is the worst transition of all time, but we're just going to go with it. Let's talk about the Xiaomi Mi 11. I've seen so many people's comments asking for more coverage of Redmi and Xiaomi on my channel. So I'm definitely trying to do it. But I thought in the meantime, we could just talk a little bit about the Xiaomi Mi 11. It's a phone that launched initially in China for around 618 128 gigabyte storage model. And what's really interesting about it is that it offers a lot of the same specs to like Samsung phones or other really high-end flagships for a lot less. Out of China, the pricing is going to be a little bit more expensive. Like in Europe, it may be around 749 euros or 799 euros. So definitely a little bit more expensive, but it's still a pretty good price and it's definitely competing with like the S21. I don't know. I kind of just wanted to have a little dialogue about it and see what you think. 100%. It looks like a pretty interesting phone. The thing that stands out to me just in the design aspect is that for one, it looks kind of like it looks like a phone out of the early 2000s almost in terms of the back panel and the, the way the camera looks. I feel like the camera looks like it's straight off of a flip phone just in terms of like how that camera module is designed. Oh, because like how big it is? It's size, it's shape, it's reflectiveness. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that was just that was just something I wanted to bring up because I feel like that was really interesting. I think also the color that it offers like this, this like yeah. nice blue sheen. Like, I don't know. I think it looks cool. I haven't gotten to play around with it at all. I haven't seen any usage of it yet, but from what I do look at and from what I've seen design-wise, it looks very interesting. I mean, it's rocking a 6.8-inch AMOLED display, 120 hertz, obviously. The Snapdragon 888. It's 888, 888, or 888. <laughs> I, this, I knew you were going to say something. Is it 888 or 888? Because I've been saying 888 for so long. And is, is that what we're calling it? Can we just can we just say, like, this is just my version of saying it, the 888? The official Snapdragon rep, I posted about this and I was like, oh, like, what is it, guys? And then he replied back and he was like, it's Snapdragon 888. I personally like 888. I was all on board on 888, Darsh. And then Marquez in his podcast was like 888. And I was like, Damn, that just sounds so good. I like 888-8-8-8. All I'm saying. You're, anyway. You're sticking with it. <laughs> I'm sticking with it, but sorry, sorry to cut you off. Continue. No, no, no. That was, I knew it was going to be sad. So it has a Snapdragon 888 or 888, as Dr. would say, 128 gigabytes of storage or 256. You have the, the 4,600 million power battery, 55 watt wire charging, which is really fast. The camera setup on the back is kind of reminiscent of the S21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But supposedly in real world testing, it's not as good. So it has like 108 megapixel primary. 13 megapixel ultra wide and then a five megapixel telephoto. I don't know about the telephotos, man. Like I'm, I'm all on board on the telephoto. I, I should clarify. I'm just not on board with like just macro five megapixels. Like I feel like it has to be higher because you're really trying to get detail. And then the selfie camera is 20 megapixels. And then the other things about it, honestly, I think the main selling factor, obviously if you're in China, like it makes sense to get this one. But outside of China, it's just, it's really cool to ha- see these more mid-range prices with flagship level specs. Like I know $700 isn't cheap if it ends up being around that. And it's not coming to the US. Yes, but with the S21 Ultra coming out being significantly more expensive, this gets close-ish and it's much cheaper. So it's all to say I'm excited to see what they do. The Redmi phones are also incredible and like super exciting. So I, I don't know. I feel like we never give Xiaomi any love on this podcast and it was just, it was time to mention it. It was very much time to mention Xiaomi, but you know what's one thing that we give a lot of love on this channel for though, that I would still like to recognize? Jack, can you guess what I'm thinking of? I would say cold brew, but I have a feeling you're going to go with espresso. I was just going to say coffee as 
as a general, like in a general okay. sense. But you can say cold brew if you want. Apparently, there was a recommendation or like a request for me to talk about things other than cold brew. So there was. I think I'm winning the. I think I'm winning the war on the, on this man. <laughs> you know, dude, they actually wrote that they've been on the cold brew hype because of me. They've been drinking two or three a day, and they want to expand their horizon. That's a lot of cold brew. So I, I gotta give them props. G- give us like two of your recommendations outside of cold brew. All right, so outside of cold brew, I'll give you two recommendations. So for one, you can just go get normal coffee. I'd actually recommend this because this is available everywhere. McDonald's coffee. For some reason, I don't know why. It just maybe it's just me in Canada saying this, but the McDonald's beans are so much better than Tim Hortons. I mean, like true Canadians, please don't come at me for this, but McDonald's beans, great stuff, good coffee. I recommend getting a regular coffee from McDonald's. It's just they do it well, and it's it's a classic. It's a good one. And then another one I'd recommend would just be a hazelnut latte. It's one of my favorite drinks. I don't make it a ton anymore because it's very very sweet, and I've kind of lost my taste for sweet things as of late. But I do highly highly recommend it. A hazelnut latte. Super easy to make. Just get a shot of espresso, then maybe get two shots of steamed milk, and then add a couple pumps of hazelnut syrup sauce, whatever the the drink add-in barista thing is, and yeah. you're golden. It's it's not too hard to make, and I can highly recommend it because I really, really enjoy it. That was actually super solid. To be honest with you, I drink cold brew as my main thing. The only other drink that I made recently was a frappuccino, like an at-home Starbucks frappuccino. And it actually worked. It was like a blended drink. So All right. if you want to do that, look up on YouTube, like at-home Starbucks frappuccino. There's tons of recipes. You can check it out. We're going to go take a break, get a coffee. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Samsung Pay moving to only being NFC, which kind of defeats the purpose. Spoiler alert. Apple versus Facebook. And then some stuff we like this week. Sounds good. Talk then. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's just hop right in. I think a big topic that kind of came up, and I actually got a couple DMs about it after the interview with Zhao Zheng, the Samsung VP of SmartThings. The question that came up a lot is like, Samsung removed the ability to use Samsung Pay without NFC in a lot of regions. What's the deal with that? What do you think about that? And for anyone that doesn't know, up until now, when you were using Samsung Pay, you literally could use it at almost any location because it didn't rely on the chip to be NFC. Like you didn't need an NFC chip in the payment method. It worked almost like a traditional credit card and now it's running off NFC. And I don't know, Darsh, I wanted to see why you think they got rid of this. So to clarify, because I actually wasn't aware of this. So you're saying that NFC, they've taken out the NFC chip. No, 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 no. So before when you did payments, you didn't need NFC and it would just work as like a traditional electromagnetic credit card type thing. But now you need NFC, which limits the amount of places that you can use Samsung Pay at because now you can only use it in the same places you can use Apple Pay, which are like places that have NFC. I feel like probably one of the reasons for that was probably safety. I feel like having an NFC chip means that you have like that encryption, that the end and encryption in terms of like how you're using the credit cards and stuff. So maybe having the NFC chip was just meant to be more of like a, it's more of a privacy thing than I think just- It always had NFC though. It always had NFC, yes, but you weren't able to, you were able to use it in places where NFC wasn't needed, right? So I feel like that was the privacy issue. That that could have been an issue for your credit cards and so on and so forth. So maybe now with the NFC chip, it's safer if you just do it through the NFC chip. Maybe that's what it was. I personally think that they got rid of it for pricing reasons. I think like when they were making these phones, they were just the price of the S21 and the S21 Ultra this year. And like, this is a few that not a lot of people will like tangibly notice, I think, except that now if you use Samsung Pay, it's kind of annoying now because it's at the bottom of the phone. It constantly gets activated like by default and now it's not even as useful as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of bummed about that. I don't know if they gave an official reason though. In certain regions that don't allow NFC payment, they still kept the other method, but I think we can kind of, the writing's on the wall here. It's probably going to get removed. Funny enough, actually, Samsung Pay, I don't think is available for most Canadian cards. So I've actually never used Samsung Pay. Interesting. The most I've used is is Apple Pay. And then I tried using the other ones. I think they're like, they're bringing them here 
now for Samsung. I literally just searched it up. So Samsung's literally the bank I'm with is not accepted by Samsung Pay. Oh, interesting. But like a couple other ones are American Express, stuff like that. But I thought that was just interesting. I've never actually used Samsung Pay. Yeah, it used to use the technology as MST, Magnetic Strip Technology. That's interesting, actually. That's really interesting. Which it acquired when it bought Loopay. Mm -hmm. But now it's not going to do that in most places. That is honestly, that's kind of sucky. But at the same time, I feel like I, I don't think I would notice that much. I feel like I actually don't use Apple Pay. So if it's, you can only use it in the same place as Apple Pay. I feel like I haven't used Apple Pay or like I haven't needed to use like an electronic payment method through my phone for a long time. Cause you know, COVID, <laughs> but yeah. that still is going to be a bit of a shock. I feel like to some customers and consumers who have been using that feature for a very, very long time, literally everywhere, because if it has that technology, literally be able to be used everywhere. I just want to clarify when I said like where you can use Apple Pay, it's not like, yes, you need Apple Pay in order to use it. I just mean NFC is used with Apple Pay and yeah. so is this now. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I haven't used it in like 10 months because of the pandemic. Literally. Post-pandemic, it's, it's kind of a bummer because the Samsung is moving towards like having your key on your phone and having your credit card, et cetera. It just feels like making it less useful sucks. The MST technology is dope. So it's a bummer to see it go. But I guess if it was a price reduction thing, most consumers would rather spend less and just not have that. This is very, very true. But you know what? Samsung isn't the only big tech company in the news this week. Who else is in the news this week, Jacqueline? That was a really weird way for me yeah. to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, um, two of them, Facebook versus Apple. So basically there's this privacy feud going on and to give everyone a little information on it and then Darsh and I will give our thoughts. Basically, Apple is all about privacy or so they say. I think that they're actually one of the best big tech companies that values privacy, even though there's been iCloud leaks and stuff for the most part, they're pretty good. With iOS 14, there's these new privacy things that are integrated into the phone. It will tell you if an app's been tracking you or tracking your location without you realizing and then it gives you the option to quickly and easily turn it off. Facebook's business model is targeted advertisement. That's where they get $86 billion in their annual revenue, which is a ton. They started a month-long campaign against Apple, basically running full-page ads in national newspapers and inside the Facebook app to encourage users to accept its tracking. It's basically saying that Apple's changes are designed to help iPhone makers own business rather than protect consumer privacy. A lot of this information is coming from CNET, by the way. So I want to make sure I'm not like plagiarizing. It's mostly from CNET. So basically, Apple wants to help people, they say, but Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is quoted as saying, Apple may that they're doing this to help people, but the moves clearly track their competitive interests. And basically what he's saying, the Facebook standpoint is that Apple's doing this for commercial interests, but saying that it's to protect the consumer and that this is really going to hurt small businesses that rely on targeted advertisement. But the writing on the wall is very clearly that it also hurts Facebook. And if it was just hurting small businesses, I doubt they would care. It's not that Apple's not going to allow them to track. It's just that they're telling people that it's going to be tracked and they're going to update people and give users the ability to opt out of tracking. I think that's actually a really good thing. It is. Yeah, it is a really good thing right like i agree okay, here's the thing so like i get a call i feel like from family members or from friends who will tell me things like hey i heard this thing that whatsapp's tracking me hey i heard this thing that facebook's tracking me hey i heard this thing that instagram's tracking me i'm like you know what's like the commonality between all those three different services and platforms they're all owned by facebook meaning that they are probably selling your information or they're using their own algorithms to create targeted ads and you'll be able to see them everywhere and it comes to a point where it's like it's so blatant you really really get kind of concerned like for example we're was talking to my friend over facetime about a new product that a company was offering and how he was seeing ads all over Instagram for it. Then immediately after my Snapchat and my Instagram are filled with ads for it, for that one product. It's just like, I talked about on FaceTime. 
now it's yeah they, like it's just it's sketchy everyone has their suspicions it's like oh my god like i mentioned pumpkin spice coffee to my friend the other day and now i'm getting an ad for it and like I, i've had that happen too and it's weird i don't know like if we could prove that they listen to me in the microphone mm-hmm. they definitely track your searches they definitely track what you click on what you follow what you subscribe to and the apps kind of work together so just because you're searching something on google like the cookies can kind of track you throughout so it can create this really extensive profile on you and tim cook came out last month and said if a business is built on misleading users on data exploitation on choices that are no choices at all it does not deserve our praise it deserves reform which i thought was really interesting because i actually kind of agree with him i fully agree with him actually i think that there should be an ability to opt out but then if it's like would i personally opt out i don't know because i would rather if i'm going to see advertisements i would almost rather see advertisements cater to myself on things that i would actually buy versus advertisements not but on the other hand it's a really really slippery slope because with movies like the social dilemma which kind of showed that they create this profile of you to then keep you on the platforms longer i think that that's kind of where it gets problematic i think the thing that's more of an issue or like the bigger issue for me is just the idea that they're creating a profile of who i am and like the things that i'm looking into as much as i would love to see targeted ads for things that i would be more interested in i don't feel like i would be okay with consistently getting those ads knowing that there's just been an addition to this wall or this profile that they've built up on me that's hidden in some Facebook server somewhere. That's true. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's it's really cool on Apple's part in terms of them creating this and taking the stand being like, hey, let's stop this unneeded tracking, but also questions, what is Apple's hidden agenda? Because there definitely is a hidden agenda here. Like they're not just, for lack of a better word, they're not screwing Facebook for no reason. Everything that Apple does is calculated. Yeah. They took out the headphone port and then they introduced AirPods. They make a problem and then they fix it themselves. They're making a problem here where advertisers are going to have a harder time reaching their client base. How are they going to solve it? Oh, interesting take. So that's where my concern is. What is this hidden agenda? And I don't know what it's going to be. And I couldn't tell you unless it was that in Apple's services because they're trying to become more of a service company. What if they're trying to make targeted ads better for them, better for their advertisers, oh, for their services? I didn't even, I didn't think about that. That's actually a really interesting take to our, there's this book called the Elephant in the Mind that Ali Abdallah recently talked about. And it was like, all of us have like these real motives and then we all mask the motives. No one has like selfless motives and everyone's kind of like selfish, but then to make ourselves like feel valid, our brain subconsciously makes it feel like they're selfless. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of similar with Apple, like Apple saying this is for the privacy. And maybe it's just because their personal brand is being the privacy company and doing something like this gives them a lot of like brownie points it could just be that it could be but it also could be what you're saying which is like this other layer of like maybe apple comes out like a google ads type thing where they do trackable ads within their services and stuff Mm -hmm. harvard business review reviewed facebook saying without personalized ad power by their own data small businesses could see a cut of over 60 percent of website sales from ads and harvard business review basically said that these findings are misleading and they suggest that the impact of removing this would be kind of modest these customers would already have generated high revenue it says and that's why they were targeted with the ads in the first place so they say quote unquote, it would be a mistake to conclude that these customers spent more because of the personalized ads. I think personalized ads are pretty effective, but I can totally also see the point. Like if I get advertised cold brew all the time, I'm already like an avid cold brew drinker. Like I see a million different brands advertising me cold brew. I'm actively seeking that out too. So the targeted ad doesn't necessarily change my mind. Mm Yeah, that's fair. But obviously works, right? Because the algorithm as a whole works as seen by the fact that people are spending more and more time on Facebook and Instagram and all these other social media platforms. I'm actually like scripting out a full video on this exact topic. I'm not positive I want to like go through with it. So guys, if you're listening to this and you want me to like make a full video breaking it down, let me know. I think it'd actually be really fun and kind of out of the realm of what I normally do. I don't know, Darsh. What do you think the bottom line is here? Do you think that Apple is going to end up winning this or do you think that they won't? I don't think there's any argument whether or not Apple's going to win this. Apple's basically, the same thing we were having this conversation earlier when it comes to 
Apple and its platform. It's Apple's platform. They're going to do what they want with it. It's not really going to be up to anyone else to be able to argue that they can't do that, especially on their own platform where they're, what they're doing is supposed to help privacy concerns. It's not meant to go, it's not meant to make things more sketchy. It's, it's hey, we want to make things less sketchy for you. We want to make it very, very transparent about what's going on. And I think that Apple is going to win this and this is going to end up happening. And Facebook is going to be really, really mad about it for a very long time. But it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be very, very interesting to see how this plays out in the months to come. And everyone listening, tweet us. Let us know what you guys think. And also, just a final cap on this. iPhones aren't the only place where Facebook runs. This is not like Facebook is not going to be able to track on Android or on desktop. Like It's just because iPhones are such a huge part of their demographic that they're so concerned with this. But at the end of the day, like Apple owns a platform. And it's not like Apple saying you can't do any of this. It's just saying that they're going to inform people so they have the ability to opt out. Exactly. Yeah. It's just giving the option to opt out. And I feel like there's going to be no, there's not going to be much more of the feud. I feel like Apple's just going to kind of say, all right, you don't want to abide by this. Get off my platform. It's going to become an entire Fortnite thing all over again. But I really hope they don't do that because like I need Instagram on my phone. That would be bad for Apple though. Like I think that there's a certain line where like they can get rid of certain things, but I don't know. Like you think that they can get rid of like Facebook and Instagram and not see some people switch to Android? Maybe. I feel like, yeah, like I, I, I feel like what they might do is they might give more of a threat than they would actually just kick them off the platform. You think if they did kick them off, though, anyone would be affected? Like, do you think anyone would genuinely care enough to switch phones? I feel like a lot of people wouldn't. Once you're invested in the Apple ecosystem, you're not leaving. Like, that's just, like, it's, it's what I figured out and it's what I've learned to accept in life. Once you're locked in, you're locked in. You ain't, you ain't leaving. Like, that's just all it is. Like, you will download the Instagram web app and bookmark it to your homepage before you actually go and switch to Android. At least that's from the people I've talked to about Android. Like, people are very set in their ways and they're not really willing to go to Android if you've been a long-time Apple user, yeah. which is really, really bad. I feel like you should give it a chance because honestly, Android has a lot to offer. Yeah, the ecosystem is real. I'm working on my AirPods Max review, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, and that's like a $550 purchase. Like if you purchase $550 headphones that work best with iPhone and then Instagram gets taken off, but then you also have an Apple Watch and then you also have a computer, it's just hard to leave the Apple ecosystem. And you know what? The AirPods Max are dope. They're definitely something that I like this week. They just sound incredible and I am super amped on them. I think that they're only for like a certain specific type of person, but they're really good. I think the AirPod Max are very, very good set of headphones. My roommate just got a pair, tried them on. I was blown away. In terms of that, that's a very nice, a nice segue into the different things that we've seen, tried, and talked about this week that we want to talk with you guys about, aka stuff we like this week. Dude, come on. Wasn't that transition like good though? It was good. I didn't realize you did the transition because it was that smooth. And then I started doing it. And I was like, <laughs> oh shoot, I have to just commit to this bit and just go with it. Yeah, that's my first one. I'll give you my second one quickly. So first one, AirPods Max. Second one for me, It's a Matter of Time or Matter of Time by Joshua Bassett. It's such a good song. It's all about like he faced a lot of like online stuff in the past couple months of people like speculating about his life or making accusations against him. And the song is kind of like a rebuttal to that. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was done so well musically. It's great. And the music video is shot in slow motion, but the lyrics are matched up, which makes me think that he must have had to sing at two times speed, Hmm. which is just hella impressive, right? It looks like he's like singing normally, but everything else is slow. So he must have had to sing at two to X speed, which I'm just super impressed by. So that's my second one. That is very impressive. So I I wouldn't put down my first as the AirPod Max. I think it is a very dope, dope product. I wouldn't put it down as my, as my, my first thing I like this week. First thing I like this week that was kind of in the realm of tech, kind of not. No, it wasn't in the realm of tech. It was in the realm of music. It's this album or this uh, artist that my roommate showed me called 
front porch step. Okay. I was just I just listened to a couple of songs by them, and I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It's just like the vibe is just so perfect for, in the morning for coffees. Like actually, I tweeted out earlier this week the new Taylor Switch album that you've been raving about. Very very nice coffee. Oh yeah, which one? I think I was listening to Willow. I think that's the song I was listening to. Okay. I don't know what the album's called. That would be Evermore. I think. Yeah, it's yeah, Evermore. it's whatever the latest album is, right? Yeah. Okay, Evermore. Yeah, but my one stuff we like this week. The first one for me would have to be Front Porch Step, and I, I'll just I'll just quickly do my second as well. I, I went to Starbucks the other day and I tried a different type of cold brew and I think you'd be really proud of me here. I tried the Irish cream cold brew and it was actually pretty good. I liked it. Ooh, what's in that? I, I don't know. It, it's Irish cream. Okay, interesting. It's, I don't know. I thought it was really good. It had like this Irish foam on the top and then it used like I think vanilla sweet cream with some other pump of something else there with cold brew and it, it tasted phenomenal. I, I loved it. I got it. I got it a couple of days ago. I thought it was great. Highly recommend it. That's like a an out there one. I didn't even know that they did yeah, that. I'm actually, you inspire me. My last one is going to be super off the beaten path. It's Dunkin' Donuts advertisements. Their advertisements around the holidays are perfect. Their Valentine's Day advertisements, because Valentine's Day is coming up. This is true. Are so good. It just, it really fits the vibe. Like around the holidays, it looks really good. Around Valentine's Day, like it just gets you in that holiday spirit. So oddly, that's another thing I like this week. Like it brightened up my day when I saw it in my timeline. I think that is very, very fair. Okay, so I think the last thing that I liked this week, you know, I think I'm I'm just gonna, I I don't remember if I talked about this last week, but I'm just gonna bring it up again. The show Superstore on Netflix, I was obsessed. And I say was obsessed because within the span of two weeks, I went through five seasons. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like when I say like I have like TV running, like I have like Netflix running in the background of like when I do things, like I always have Netflix running. It's either Netflix or music. I never like, I never have dead air. And I watched Superstore pretty much like almost five seasons in two or maybe three weeks. Incredible, incredible show. If you're into like loose sitcoms that you can like really, really fall in love with the characters for, kind of like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office type of vibe, like I highly recommend it. Like it's a workplace environment where just everyone's like kind of like a family and they're like having fun, just enjoying life and going through. And there's like the drama aspect with the comedy. It's just, it's just go check it out. It's called Superstore. Really, really dope. It's like a bunch of people working at a Walmart and they made a TV show about it. But the people who work at Walmart are funny. I recommend it. Just go check it out. (laughs) I don't remember if you mentioned this to me on or off the podcast. You definitely told me about it before, but I can't remember if it was on or off. But yeah. Definitely will check that out. I am rewatching How I Met Your Mother, by the way. I started it last week. I'm already two seasons in again. Nice. So obviously I have an addiction as well. I think this will end the episode. Let us know on Twitter what you thought of this one. We're trying something new where we do like more topics than we used to. There was like six different topics in this one. Kind of keeping it fast paced. So let us know what you think at Digital Dive Pod. Thank you so much to Luke, our incredible editor and friend. And thank you to Adil Constantine for our incredible intro and outro music. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out all of our socials down below in the show notes as well as go to check out our own channels we literally just plugged both those plug videos that are coming out in the next couple of days like literally go by the time you guys see this it'll be in a couple of days go check it out go check out our channels it'll be out go yeah. stock our channels guys come on like what are you doing please <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll catch you guys next week have a good, have one. A good one guys see you next week <laughs>